The following BLTV program is brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Please enjoy. Thanks for listening to the On Purpose Growth Podcast. Let us know what you thought in the comment section. For more from On Purpose Growth, go to onpurposegrowth.com. Subscribe here at BLTV for all of our content, including the daily Learn About Law podcast, Seize Your Business, Making Real Estate Fun, and Logical Logistics podcast, brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. All right, everybody. Welcome back to uh, this most recent episode of the On Purpose Growth podcast. Uh, Today, I'm excited because what we're going to be talking about is how to go from a small business owner to CEO. You know, a lot of people out there have... uh, um, have their own business, but they they feel like they're caught up, still caught up in in a job. So today I have uh, on here with me Jonathan Jonas, who's from uh, owns the site onlinejobs.ph, and we're going to talk about uh, how to move from a small business owner to a CEO. And you know we'll we'll um, expand on that in a little bit. But John, uh, thanks for being on, and why don't you give everybody a little bit of background before we dive in? Yeah. So. Um... I mean, I graduated from college in computer in 2003 and I had a job for eight months and I hated my job. And that's not even true. I didn't even hate my job. I I actually really liked it, but my only goal during that time of having the job was to quit. I'm a terrible employee and like it, it, the incentive structure just doesn't work for me. Like if I work really hard, I get paid the same. If I work very little, I get paid the same. Like it just doesn't, like for me, it doesn't work, right? And so I figured out after eight or 10 months how to make money online. And I wasn't making a lot of money, I was making very little money. But it was like, this is my chance. Like I'm gonna, I I gotta take this and try and run with it. And I quit and thought, you know, like I I can do this differently. Like I can build this awesome business. And, And it didn't take very long to realize like, Dude, I am overworked. I'm stressed. I'm like, I'm wearing every single hat. I'm the marketer and I'm the programmer and I'm not the CEO like I thought I was. And I'm the grunt worker and I'm the WordPress builder. And you know, like I, I was doing everything right. And and so I tried a couple times to to like get people to help me. I hired some people in the U.S. and because of the nature of my business, like I was making money online, I, I just needed help. So mm-hmm. I would teach them what I was doing. They're like, oh, see ya. I did it four times. The first thing they do is quit and they go do it on their own. And, oh, really? Well, I wasn't like super successful, but I was making money and it was yeah. clear what I was doing. Like, oh, that's obvious. I'll just go do that on my own, you know? Um, so then I tried hiring someone in India and that that lasted a couple days. <laughs> it wow. was like, it was immediately obvious. This isn't gonna work, right? Really? I mean, you, you, you hear the, the, the stories of India and like how difficult it is and, and everybody's heard it. Everybody thinks outsourcing is a babysitting job or it's terrible mm-hmm. or it's poor communication. That, all of that comes from India. That's, that's where it comes from. Like they're good people. They mean well, like they speak, they speak good in Indian American English. Yeah, yeah, right. But it's just hard there. Like there's such a huge cultural difference that it's very difficult. Anyway. Um, so, I mean, I was like my background still, right? Yeah, 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 yep. All right, so I was frustrated. Like I'm working 60 hours a week on my business. I thought this was supposed to be the dream and it's not. And all these internet entrepreneurs promise all this stuff and none of it's true. And 
And finally, so I was like, I, I have to do something else. Like, like something has to work. So I tried using Elance. And so mm-hmm. Elance doesn't exist anymore. Today it's Upwork. Right. Elance merged with Odesk years ago. Oh, okay. And um, so I hired someone and I thought, oh, dude, I finally figured it out. Like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I hired this guy to write a bunch of articles for me. And he wrote the articles and I got him back and I was like, yeah, this is sweet. And then the burden fell on me. And I, I gosh, I remember this feeling of, of realizing, oh my gosh, now I have 50 articles that I have to do something with. <laughs> like I hired someone to do this because I hate this whole process of article marketing. But now, but he wrote the articles. He is not going to do the rest of the work. Like that's right. not, he's a writer. And so the whole contractor thing, it immediately just fell on me and nothing ever happened from those articles. I never did a single thing with them. No, oh, no. Yeah, because it was, <laughs> I mean, I was so excited to get the work done, but I didn't want to submit them and I didn't want to create links. And I, like, I hated that. You just created more work for yourself. That's exactly what happened, right? <laughs> right. And, and I didn't realize that at the time, but like, you use Upwork and that's what you do. You create more work for yourself or you're already overworked mm-hmm. and you're not like people think, oh, I'm going to get so much done, but really you're going to get more work done, but you're going to give yourself more work to do. And then you don't manage it well. And then you don't manage what you're already doing well. And mm-hmm. everything's worse. Right. So I was super frustrated and I, I had kind of given up and I had this conversation with this guy from the guy who owns backcountry.com. He owned at country back country. Oh, back country. Okay. Like they're yeah. the largest online retailer of outdoor gear. Yeah. Yeah. Got like it. Beating up at REI, beating up REI. Right. And, um, I had a conversation with the owner and he said, well, you when you're ready to start outsourcing some of this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines with it. And I was like, that, that's exactly my reaction. What yeah, you right. just did. I was like, huh, that's <laughs> what? And and he was like, yeah, because in India, when they tell you something that, and, and when you tell them something and they say yes, that means yes, I heard something come out of your mouth. It doesn't mean yes, I understood what you said. And I was like, what? You know, like mm-hmm. that, what? And um, he gave me a reference to where I could hire someone full time. And I didn't because it, I, I just like, it was so risky to me. Like I was gonna have to pay $750 a month it was full time, which I didn't know was going to be so awesome. But uh, I waffled, went back and forth for a few months. Like, I don't know if I can keep them busy full time. I don't know if yeah. they can really do good work. I don't know if I can afford this. And finally, after a couple of months, I was like, it doesn't matter. I, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Something has to change. And I took the leap and I hired this guy. And it was the single most liberating experience of my life. Really? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, it, it was me. And it was him too. And it, it was his full-time job to do anything I asked him to do, anything I was willing to teach him to do. And so that whole article marketing thing that I wanted, mm-hmm. I taught him to write the articles and I taught him how to post the articles and I taught him how to create the links and I taught him how to do the headers and the resource boxes and, and the whole thing. And then I taught him how to link them together and I taught him how to link them to my websites. And like the whole process, I mean, this had to be in, this was in 2005. Okay. I've never done another thing like that again myself. Yeah, right, 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 right. Right. And he still works for me today. Really? Yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I was paying 750 bucks a month. Uh, I didn't realize that the place that, so the reference he had given me was an agency. Oh, okay. They were paying him 250 bucks a month, which wow. 
Yeah, right? Totally. Like, uh, I mean, first of all, that's a super low salary. I mean, it, at the time, it wasn't super low. Today, that they're probably paying $450 a month Okay, right, for that same person. Yeah, but, we're also talking, you know, 15 years ago, though, or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, right. But, so let's put that in today's terms. Today, you're paying $1,500 a month. Yeah. They're paying them $450 a month. Right. Which, okay, fine. Like it's a $12,000 a year difference, right? From you paying it versus them paying it. It's not the biggest deal, but they don't like it. I don't like it. And today, all of the agencies are recruiting at onlinejobs.ph, which you can just go and hire someone yourself. So, so they're, they're really not yeah. providing much value anymore. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, so, like a broker, right? That's, that's what it is. Like, and we, we, every single day we try and kick them off of our site because they just take talent that people want to find on their own. And not, not that particular company, but other, every single day a new agency starts up and they're like, yeah. oh, I got this better idea and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find these people off onlinejobs.ph and then I'm going to get clients and they'll pay me 1500 bucks a month and I'll pay them 500 a month and I'll make the thousand dollars. Like it's, it's a, it doesn't work well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, shameless plug here for you. I've got a, uh, a good friend. He owns a um, uh, payment processing company. It got about 90 employees uh, worldwide. About half of them are in the Philippines found through your site and he finds them one by one. Right. So he's got half of his company. I mean, it's not a small company, right? right. <laughs> uh, but he realized one of the things that, uh, you know, you're describing is that um, great, great asset, um, affordable. And as an entrepreneur, you can't do everything yourself. You can't. And, and that's one of like the big, that's one of the big things that entrepreneurs, so many entrepreneurs struggle with. Um, well, and do you think, or, or actually talk about the, um, there, there's one thing in just handing it off to somebody, but there's also uh, expectations around it and people aren't necessarily going to do it exactly like you do it. And I think that's where um, I even at times struggle with it, right? But, but talk about that, the mindset around handing things off in general. So for me, that article marketing process, it just straight up wasn't getting done, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, like there were too many other things that were going on that it, like it wasn't going to happen. And so I could either do it myself and not do it. Which, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the reality, right? Like you just can't do it. Or I get someone else to do it and I teach them how I want it done and they do it about how I want it done or maybe not about how I want it done. And it gets done, mm -hmm. right? And so what I've seen is in, on, in online stuff, in online marketing, um, just doing it is about 85% of success, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, if we, I'll give you another example. I hate Facebook. Okay. I hate everything about Facebook. Every time I log into Facebook, I just feel yucky. Yeah, right. like it's terrible, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have it on my phone. I delete it off my phone, but I, I still have to log in on my computer, whatever. So we have a Facebook page that, I don't know, 10 years ago I found. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't create it. And I found it and it had a couple thousand likes on it for online jobs. And I was like, hey, 
where did this come from? I asked my team, did, where, where did this come from? And one of them responded and said, uh, sir, I created that because I thought we should have a presence on Facebook. I hope that's okay, right? And I was like, fine, I, I don't know or care, right? Right. Well, today that page, I don't know, has a couple hundred thousand likes and like it has a, it has a lot of followers and interaction, I don't know. I've never made a single post, mm -hmm. right? So, so to, to say like handing things off, I'm sure that if I were to get actively involved in Facebook marketing, uh, it would be done quite a bit better than it's being done right now, right? But I've never done a dang thing for it. And it's had produced a lot of results for us. And so that for me in the end is like, uh, if you're doing Facebook marketing yourself, you're a grunt worker. Mm -hmm. Like unless, Facebook marketing is your business. Well, even then, like it's still not your business. Like if, if you're the one doing that, you're, it's the same thing as tweaking WordPress. Like if you're tweaking yeah. WordPress, like you're a grunt worker. If you're, yeah, I mean that, and that's how I feel like, and that's, that's the difference between like where I was at the time when I hired that first guy. And, and it took, it, frankly, it took me a long, long time to, to make this transition. And I didn't know that I was making this transition. I thought I was a CEO the whole time, right? Yeah, so, yeah right, right, right. But, but that's where handing off, like, either you're doing it and that's the only thing you're doing because it everything it's all like Facebook marketing is so consuming or programming mm -hmm. is so consuming or design work is so consuming, right? You can't do everything. So either you get it done 85% of the way or sometimes 110% of the way. Like, they do the Facebook marketing as well as I do or, or programmers. Like I hired some really dang good programmers that are better than I was, right? So like I'm getting it done as well as I would have done it. Um, and sometimes it's not as well done or sometimes it's better done. And, uh, but the fact is it's getting done. And in my business, I implement everything I know. I just don't do the work. Hmm. So you kind of keep yourself in the visionary CEO seat and have everybody else implement. Right, and it, and it took a long time to get there, but it starts with one person. Like you hire one person, you know, one talented, intelligent, loyal, honest, full-time person in the Philippines. I'll talk about full-time in a second. Yeah. Um, you hire that person in the Philippines and you start to teach them something that you're doing, something that you know how to do, right? And all of a sudden you have something off of your plate and you just went from 50 hours of work to 55 because you got to train them. Yeah. After right. a couple of weeks, you're at 45. And, and then you do that again. And mm -hmm. you go back up to 50 hours a week for a couple of weeks and then you're at 40 because you just gave this person 10 hours, of, 10 hours a week of your own work, right? Right. And when you start repeating that over and over and over again, I've worked about 17 hours a week since 2000, my daughter was born in 2007. It's been about since 2008. Wow. I've worked about 17 hours a week. And like the last time I touched WordPress was, I don't know, 2010. Yeah. Or the last time I wrote a line of code programming was like 2011. And I think, I think this is a, a great uh, distinction to, to call out here is the, one of the differences between being a small business owner in this context and a CEO is that um, when people set out to be a small business owner, they want to only work the 17 hours a week, right? 
it's 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 making that transition of small business owner to CEO. That's the distinction, right? That you you create a system in general that takes your ideas and implements them. It's not you just consistently implementing your own ideas over and over and over again, right? Right. And um, okay, so let me let me talk about how to get there then. Yeah. Because this was an accident for me. I didn't. So people are always like, "Have you read the Four Hour Work Week?" I'm like, "Yeah, I read it. I read it in like I don't know when it when it came out in 2006 right. or 2007 or something." And I was like, "Dude, he's this is my life that he's describing here. I just have to make some tweaks, right?" So when I hired that first guy, I, there wasn't any options. Like there wasn't an option to hire someone hourly or whatever. Like I had the option I had. It was go through an agency, pay them 750 bucks a month, full-time work. Here's your guy. He works for you full-time, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time that that was gonna, that distinction right there of you have someone full-time salaried mm -hmm. versus someone who's part-time or hourly. I did, that distinction right there will make the difference between continuing to be the grunt worker and becoming a CEO. And here's why. So you transition as you work on your business. Mm -hmm. Because most people never work on their business. They only work in their business. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're, tight, you're, you're answering emails. Like answering emails is working in your business. Mm -hmm. It's garbage, right? It's crappy, crappy work. But that's what most people do all day long, right? Um, all day, all day. All day long. All day long. Or, or looking at Facebook or, or pretending that you're doing marketing while you're yeah. scrolling Facebook, right? Like the yeah. dumbest. Yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> and so, okay, so here's, here's what happened to me. I hired this guy and I gave him his first task and he did it crappily. It was terrible, right? And you mentioned that at the beginning, like it, it doesn't always get done right, right? Correct, um, yeah. So, so I had to work with him through this thing. And, and like I, I worked with him through writing the articles and, and how to do it. And I started, I started to teach him SEO. And, but, but the articles, so I worked with him at first and it took us a couple, a couple weeks. And in those couple weeks, I was spending a good amount of my time teaching him and he was spending a good amount of time learning, right? And after a couple of weeks, he got it. And it was clear and I, like the quantity of stuff that I wanted to get done, I was like, okay, this is sweet. He'll do this full time. Well, well, one day he says, uh, sir, I did all of the work uh, and I'm done. What do you want me to do? And I was like, holy crap. Yeah, what do I tell him? <laughs> what do I do? Right. <laughs> and that right there, that little thing, like I'm done. What do you want me to do? That's the shift. Mm. That's the shift between being the grunt worker and being the CEO. And here's the difference. If you hired that person hourly, like, oh, sweet, I just got this person, I paid him, he did this many hours of work, I paid him. He says, sir, I don't have anything to do. What do you want me to do? You're like, I don't give a crap. Like, you're not, my, that's not my problem because I, you're not working now, so I'm not paying you. Right. The difference is I was paying him because he was on salary. And so when that happened, I said, I gotta stop answering emails and I need to come up with something for him to do. Mm-hmm. And that was when I started working on my business. Mm. That's, the, that's the big distinction. So like, so when I say hire someone full-time and pay them a salary, that's where you will make the transition from being the grunt worker to being the CEO in your business. And it's so tempting to hire someone hourly because it seems so non-committal and it seems so easy. 
and it is and it's fine mm -hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't make the shift yeah and there's a there's a pattern here um at the core where you have a business and you're trying to do everything yourself and um and trying to i'll say um uh, lean towards just hiring somebody hourly so you can pay them as little as possible to get things done it's like you're not it's like not being fully committed and just going all in to pushing in that direction right yeah uh, yes and that that really is the thing like it's a commitment and mm -hmm. that that commitment so you pay someone hourly that's fine and just so you know in the philippines there's a difference between hourly and full-time work like that person feels differently about you and the amount of effort they put in is different when they're hourly versus full-time. Um, and so you're making a partial commit. They're making a, you're making a partial commitment to them that, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to give them work. Right. And on the other side of it that, that you don't realize you're making a partial commitment to yourself. Yeah. Where you're like, Oh good. I don't have to commit here. Like this is, if I, if they're not busy, then that's not my problem. Right. And, and that commitment is the, the, that's the CEO versus grunt worker commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, like you make, make the commitment. That's yeah, you you're just, you're just a manager, not a, not a CEO. That's, yeah. that's kind of how I see it. Right. I'll just manage these people to get things done and, and that's it. And yeah, you know, when you're always done, you're done. Right. So, um, it, help me understand or talk a little bit about, um, what you can have people do, right? Because, I'm sure people listening are saying, yeah, I got, I can get a full-time person, but what do I have them do? So talk about that a little bit and, and the mindset around that, because I think it's very important. So I have 26 people in the Philippines that work for me full-time. And I'll just tell you something like they make between 450. Actually, that's not true. They make 400. We just hired someone recently that asked us to make $300 a month for full-time work. And we said, no, that's not enough. Yeah. So they're making $400 a month. And I have on the, uh, and that's obviously uh, someone who doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. On the upper end, I have some really, really talented people that make like almost $2,000 a month. Oh, wow. And in there, in that spectrum, I have like customer service people or data entry people or like admin backend checking people mm -hmm. or uh, high end graphic design or uh, user interface design or programmers or uh, front end people or a server a systems admin or <laughs> social media people or content writers. Um, I said customer support. Yeah. I have an HR person. I, so like, here's what I found. Anything that can be done on the computer or on the telephone can be done in the Philippines. <laughs> and there's a, there's a set of cultural things that makes this different in the Philippines than anywhere else. Really? Um, but like, what do you want to get? Do you want to get video? I have a video editor. I have a, I have a user interface designer and a graphic designer, right? Two different, two different kinds of design work. Right. Uh, I have an audio editor. Um, I have someone that does transcription. I, I know people that like, I know, attorneys who have hired attorneys in the Philippines. I know realtors who are hiring realtors in the Philippines. Like they have the realtor brand in the Philippines where they hire a realtor virtual assistant. Oh, um, I got it. I know, I think just yesterday I had a doctor 
contact me and say, hey, I'm hiring them to help me with my practice, my, you know, my marketing or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, we have like Google hiring people and Uber hiring people and thousands of small business owners, entrepreneurs, internet entrepreneurs, insurance agents, brick and mortar, right? Like hiring to do whatever that thing is that you need done that can be done online. So the mindset is to think about what you can give to somebody else and figure out how to give it to them. Okay, so let me, let me talk about that for a second. Here's, here's the advice. Like when I see people succeed, there's different, mm-hmm. there's different levels of success, right? Yep, yep. Someone who's hired 50 people and has, has had and managed employees in the past, none of this matters to them. Like you've, you've had a lot of experience with it, you understand, right? Someone who's new to hiring, and especially new to hiring someone overseas, here's the advice that I, here's what I see most people succeed. Here's what they do. They look at their current work week and they find something that they're doing in their business that they feel like they could teach someone else. Hmm. And when you, this is when you know you're ready to hire a VA. When you have something that you could teach someone else and you have a purpose behind that thing. So it's something you do, so it works in your business. Uh, you, know, you know what it is, right? You could teach someone else hire a VA to do that thing. And so you know what skills are required. You know what you're looking for. You know what to, you know how to teach them. And then you're getting time, time back in your life after you teach them because it's something you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like when you're ready to start this, find something you know how to do that you could teach someone. And that's like, that's the, big, the best way to start succeeding at, at this hiring. Let me hire someone else thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now you hear a bunch of narratives or uh, mindsets around uh, looking at you know hourly rates and if you know valuing it, you know, so and handing off things that you know if you're working for if you value your time at five hundred bucks an hour, if it's less than that, hand it off to somebody to talk about that. How does that fit into this whole picture? So that that's a you know i figured out in my life a couple of years ago that i almost always do things differently than what everyone else says okay so so like people say uh outsource like this i'm like well that way is dumb and there's a better way to do it right mm-hmm. so you hear this if the task is worth less than this, it's handed off, right? Yeah. That's a really good theory. In my experience, it's a really good theory until you have people in place. Um, because when you get started, you're doing, like you value your time at 500 bucks an hour, that's fine, but you're still doing 20 different $10 an hour things. Mm-hmm. Or for me, like I didn't realize every single thing I was doing was a, five or 10 or $15 an hour thing, right? Like everything I was doing, wow. Um, programming, marketing, whatever. It didn't matter what I was doing, right? Today, they're all done by people in the Philippines and they're done well. So what I, I, I would recommend like, okay, cool. I have all these things that are less than my time is worth, mm-hmm. right? Just pick one, pick one thing and get that thing to someone else. And then when you've, when you've succeeded with that, then pick another. Um, but to say like, oh, I have all these things, I'm going to hand these all off to someone else, or I need to get rid of all of these things 
it's not it it rarely works like that is it do you feel it's because they they try to just not do anything and push it off right because I, I think there's a mindset uh difference of not wanting to do everything and pushing it off versus uh, a CEO who's setting the vision of a company and getting things done. Did, does that make sense? So I do get both of those. Like I get, I get people that are like, I, I want to hire someone to run my business for me. Like, I'm sorry, that's not a thing. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> Ever or now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, but okay. So on the other side of this, like, let's go back to like, what's, what's your time worth and is this task worth less? Right. Yep. Yep. Okay. So as a programmer, my time is worth, 50 bucks an hour mm -hmm. back then when I started. Right. So what do I do? Do I hire someone else to do the marketing and, and whatever else? And I just stick with the programming. No, you, you find someone else to do the programming because mm -hmm. unless your time is worth like 10 grand an hour, then all of those tasks are, are things that you should get rid of. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can't get rid of all of them at once. Right. Right. So today, Dang, I don't know. What's my time worth? Ten grand an hour, mm -hmm. right? So, what task can I do that's worth ten grand or more? Like, there's all there's very little, right? Right. Um, but I can get someone else to do almost anything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's. Uh, I guess what you're saying, what I'm hearing you saying here, is this is not just a tactic. It's also a strategy and you have to um, use, use it accordingly. Um, is, am I? Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right, let me tell you a quick story and I'll yeah. tell you, here's this, here's the tactic versus strategy piece of this. Okay. So 2007, my wife is seven months pregnant with our third child. Mm -hmm. We go into the doctor's office. She has, uh, the doctor has run some tests. She comes into the room and says, you have preeclampsia. And if you don't go on strict bed rest for the next three to five weeks, then you're going to lose this baby. Wow. And, you know, obviously that's a shock. <laughs> I was just remembering it back now. Yeah. It's, it's a easy. shock. Yeah. And on the way home, I'm just thinking like, what am I going to do? I'm working 40, 50 hours a week. I'm not about to lose a baby over money. Mm -hmm. And so as I, I got home, I sent an email to two of the guys in the Philippines that I had working for me. And I said, look, here's the situation. I can't work. And they, I had had them working for me for a while, a couple of years, 18 months, a couple of years. And I'd spent a good amount of time bringing them up to speed and teaching them and working with them and gaining their trust. And so I don't, I don't want you to think that what I'm about to tell you is going to happen overnight. Yeah, right? yeah, got it, got it, yeah. So I send this email to them and say, hey, I need you guys to take over everything I'm currently doing in the business. Like, you know how to do this and you know how to do this and you know how to do this. And here's these other three things that you don't know how to do. I'm going to teach you. Go figure it out. See what you can do, right? So for the next three weeks, I literally worked one hour. And my wife had the baby three weeks later and it was this beautiful little girl and she was totally healthy and it was amazing, right? Because she stayed on strict, strict yeah. bed rest for those three weeks. Um, for the next two months, I worked about an hour a week as my wife recovered. She had a really hard mm -hmm. time and, and I had not been working and things seemed to be still running in my business, right? 
And two months later, I came back into the business and found my business is still here and running well. Like it, I, it hasn't crashed. It hasn't gone away, right? So when you don't work for three months, you turn stuff over to other people, you learn a whole bunch of things, right? So one of the things that I learned was these aren't just grunt workers like I thought they were. Because up to that point, I had just had them doing, you know, menial tasks and I didn't really realize that they could think through things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then I, I, I was forced to like, oh, you have to think through things. And I let them do it. And they continued to build my business. And now I didn't grow in that time. Um, they didn't cause it to, that's not true. It grew. They didn't cause it to grow. Yeah, right? I got it. I had set it up to grow. Um, but one of the things that I learned during this time was like, there's always work to be done. Uh, who's doing that work? Is it you or is it someone else? Mm-hmm. And ever since then, that's the question I've asked myself. And this is the, this is the strategy piece of this. Um, if there's a business opportunity that comes to me, the first thing I ask is, oh, like, okay, it's fine for me to do some work to set this up. But long-term, who's doing the work? Is it me or is it someone else? Because if it's me, if I have to be involved in it, I'm out. I don't want to do it. Because time is so much more important. I don't care how much money it's going to make me. Right? Yeah. There, I mean, there's a huge trade-off there uh, between uh, time and money, right? I, I, uh, my wife was about to choose a job. She's a school teacher, and she was going to go into um, uh, administration. And, and we talked about, hey, there's a trade-off here. You're going to make more money, but you're going to lose time. And I think that exists in everything, not just entrepreneurial businesses. So I, I love the fact you brought that up. Yeah. And so for me, ever since then, every everything I do, I ask, who has to do the work? Mm-hmm. Is it me or can I get someone else to do it? And not even just, okay, so like, let's talk about an, the agency business model. Like so many agencies you hire a customer, that customer wants you. Yeah. Like regardless of who's actually doing the work, that customer still looks to you as the, like, I want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. You sell yourself. Not, yeah. Not anything else. Right. And so that's the thing that over the years I've come to realize, like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell myself. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, I don't do coaching mm-hmm. because that's selling me. And that's, that's my time that, okay, you paid me. Now I have time and I just traded time for money. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. So, you know, we talked about how to um, think about, you know, offloading things, why it's important. How does somebody go about uh, choosing or, or thinking about who they choose? I mean, is there some type of process through that or talk to me about that? Yeah, so I'll give you, I'll give you uh, like the brief of like my recruiting process. Okay. Um, I have a full, this is like the best content I've ever created. I, I did this a couple months ago and I, I just released my full recruiting process in a step-by-step video format. It was 38 pages single-spaced written when I wrote it out. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, like it's full on detail, every yeah. single, everything that I do, right? And I despise writing. And I wrote 38 pages, uh, single, like, this is really, really good. How right? many words is that? I don't know. I don't know, right? But, but that's, so that's my full recruiting process, all filmed uh, video walkthroughs at, and, and I made that available at onevaoa.com. So that's, 1VA. but I'm going to give you the overview of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So the first thing in recruiting is you have to define a role. And so for a lot of people that if this is your first time, then that role is I am going to pick something that I know how to do that I can teach. Mm-hmm. What is that thing? Right. So that thing is social media. So this is social media marketing. Right. This is the role. It's a social media marketer. It's not a social media marketer and programmer. Right. Yeah, and right. That, there's there's like a big yeah, big difference. You'd be surprised. Like I get this all the time. I need someone who can do my social media and write me custom code to build this website and design me a logo and write me an ebook. Like, dude, I'm sorry. That, <laughs> that person doesn't exist. Right. Not a robot. Right. Right. So so that's the first thing is is define your role. And hopefully it's something you know how to do. If it's not, okay, so a lot of people are thinking like, oh, I need a website built, but I don't know how. That's fine. You can hire someone to do that. It's just a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you define your role and and recognize that that role is not a task. It's You're not hiring someone for a task, you're hiring someone for a role. Uh, that role may be a virtual, a virtual assistant. Maybe it's a content writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like for my article marketing process, it's a, it's a content writer marketer, right? Hmm. Like you're, you're not just going to do this content writing. You're also going to do marketing. And you're probably also going to do some SEO along with that because it's a similar thing, right? Yeah, okay, right. So def- define your role. Then you're going to go on to onlinejobs.ph and you're going to search according to some skills that you're looking for. So like, let's say social media marketing, right? Search social media marketing. And you're going to look at 20 or 30 profiles just like to see because when you go there the first time you're going to be shocked at at what you see like this is this is u.s talent at philippines oh. prices yeah, yeah right got it. Yeah. and you're going to look at 20 or 30 of these and you're going to you're going to get a really good idea of like what are the skills i can i can find like what are the, like someone with social media marketing also has this skill and this skill right or oh okay I, i'm gonna this is going to define my role better you're also going to get a really good idea of salary because you're going to look and see, oh, here's how much they're asking to make, right? So now, now, you, now you're ready to go post your job. Um, so you're going to go post your job because you know what the role is. You can describe some of the tasks. Don't write everything out. Don't make a list of 30 things that they're going to do. That'll scare people away. Um, write a job description with some brief, a general, brief general overview of like tasks, but really yeah. you're describing a role. You know the skills that you want. Don't ask for tons of skills. Um, <laughs> You have a pretty good idea of the salary that you want, and and you'll see people like in a range of like four hundred to two to two thousand dollars a month. Right. And recognize like, oh, if I pay four hundred dollars a month, I'm gonna get a beginner. If I pay two thousand dollars a month, I'm gonna get an expert. Often, if you recruit well, you can find someone in the middle mm-hmm. that is like they're on the middle lower end of the average salary, and they're on the upper end of the of the knowledge. Ooh, right. Okay. So. So maybe for a programmer, you're going to pay a thousand dollars a month, and you're going to find a really or find a really good programmer, right? Mm-hmm. Like an up and comer kind of, you know, they got the skills and they just right. haven't reached it yet. Yeah, right. Um, and so then after you have posted your job, you're going to get a whole bunch of applicants probably, and that depends on what you like, what you ask for. If you if you say you're going to pay four hundred dollars a month, you're going to get less applicants, right? Or if you, I mean, we get people saying they're going to pay. A dollar fifty an hour, you know, like it's just not enough, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, at that point, you can also contact some of those workers, some of those that, like, you looked at profiles, you're like, oh my gosh, this dude looks awesome. I'm going to contact him, right? But don't just single out the one and say, oh, this is the person I'm going to hire. That's not the way to do this. So you're looking to hire, you're not looking to hire the best person. 
you're looking to hire the best available person. Yeah, got it. I like that. I like that a lot. That's key distinction. Right. Because, so here's a big deal about the Philippines. So the Philippines has all these amazing attributes. One of them is that they're loyal almost to a fault. Hmm. So I, I told you that first guy that I ever hired still works for me today. Right. Well, that's because they're super loyal. And if you treat them well and you gain their trust, they'll never quit working for you. So that person that you just found that is like the one, well, if they already have a job, they're probably loyal to that employer. And you may, they may not even respond to you, right? So you're looking for the best available person. So you're going to contact a bunch of people. You're going to get a bunch of applicants and you're going to interview them. And, and this interview process is, for me, it involves emailing them one or two or four questions across five or 10 emails. Mm -hmm. I'll ask, ask them a bunch of questions and I'll ask them all kinds of random crazy. Uh, and I'll ask them important stuff, you know, like tell me about your experience or mm -hmm. tell me when you had a problem, how'd you solve it? Or uh, send me a pink Cadillac in your next picture or yeah, yeah, yeah. like random stuff, right? Just to uh, see if they follow directions and they're paying just attention to, to okay, detail. Okay, so there's, yeah. a, there's a bunch of things going on here. You're going to pay attention to their attention to detail. Mm -hmm. If you ask four questions and they only answer three of them, well, the chances of them only doing three tasks when you assigned four after you hire them is pretty high. Yeah. You're going to pay attention to how quickly they respond because in a virtual relationship, responding is important. And if it takes them three days to respond, well, you know, after you hire them, that's probably going to be the same thing. And that doesn't yeah. work for me. You can pay attention to their English because um, like it's reasonable to have your friend help you write your online jobs profile. It's not reasonable to have your friend answer tons of questions on tons of emails. Oh, okay. I like that. Um, then, so... This, this is contrary to what most people want to do. Most people want to do a Skype interview right away, right? Okay. Don't do it. Um, in the Philippines, they don't want to do the Skype interview. Uh, they don't trust you yet. And that's a big deal. Like we often go into this thinking, I don't know if I can trust this person. That's the wrong, wrong mentality. The mentality is, how do I gain this person's trust? Because that's what they're thinking. I don't know if I can trust this boss. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, the Philippines culture is ple very pleasing by nature. And so they, they want to make sure that you're happy. And if they don't trust you, then they don't know that they're going to make you happy and they don't want to do the work. Oh, so, really? That's interesting dynamic. Right. That's, Makes that, sense this though. Is, yeah. This is the biggest problem you run into in the Philippines. So rather than doing the Skype interview up front, once you have narrowed them down. So I find that if you will, if you will ask people to include something in their job application, like include the word... Uh, green grass in your in your subject title, right? In your application, or include the word social media marketer, in your, right? That right there will weed out fifty percent of applicants. Mm -hmm. Anybody who didn't do it, get rid of them. Yeah, right. Right and away. And I find as you start asking questions, uh, like like uh, the other forty percent will drop out, right? You you end up with ten percent of of available good people, mm -hmm. right? And then you got to make a decision, right? And then you can do your now you can do your Skype interview because now after you've asked them a bunch of questions and responded and, and talked with them through email, now they start to trust you a little bit. Hmm. And now they're ready for the Skype interview. And then you're ready to hire someone and hiring someone in the Philippines is different than in the US. It's like, hey, when can you start tomorrow? Oh, you can start tomorrow? Sweet, here's your first task. Oh, really? Yes. That fast. Right. Yeah, and you, like, I mean, that's pretty common. Like I, here, here, great, here's my, here's my instructions. Right. 
And then you're gonna start training them. Yeah. Because uh, training gains their trust. And, and, and if you could talk about that a little bit, because I've, I've experienced this training part with a virtual assistant and um, I'm not sure that the world appreciates um, how much training you have to do in the beginning. I think the expectations are offset. So talk about that. Yeah. Everyone's too busy to train someone, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I'm too busy to, to recruit someone. Well, that's why you need to recruit someone. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I'm too busy to train them. Well, duh, because you're doing all the work. You're the grunt worker, right? So in the Philippines especially, they thrive on making you happy. And if they don't know what your standards are for, for the work, then they have no clue if you're going to be happy. And that's a problem for them. And the way that they know is by you giving them training. Um, and so that's if you... This is the thing that like my team, anytime I ask them, what do I do well? What do I not do well? Uh, the thing that I do well is I give training and they love it. And I don't even think I'm that good at it, but just the fact that you do it, right? they love it, right? So I'll give you an easy way to create training because I know you're too busy to create, everybody's too busy, right? <laughs> so here's what I do. I use a program called Snagit. Okay. Do screen capture software. Uh, you drag it open on your computer. It is going to record your screen and your voice and your mouse. And then I'm just going to talk and I'm going to show like, hey, here's what I want you to do. Go to this website. Look at all these things that are on this website. Take these and put them over here. Or like, hey, you're going to work on my website. Here's this piece of my website that I don't like. Here's these other three websites that I like. I'm talking and they're seeing my screen and my voice mm -hmm. and my mouse. Mm -hmm. and I'm pointing at things. And I'm like, go do this and move this over here. And make it look like this, right? And then the real magic of Snagit is you click stop, it stops your recording, you click upload, and it uploads it to the cloud and gives you the URL of the video. You don't have oh. to deal with your hosting account or FTP or files or any of that crap. It's just done and you send it to them and now they have training, right? Mm -hmm. And not only do they have training, but they have training that has your voice. Yeah. So they get to know your personality. And so you're... You're giving them training, which is so important to them, and you're gaining their trust, which is so important to them. And so it like, it just is so, so important to train. Even if you hired someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Still giving them training so that you, it, it, like, they know what they're doing, you don't know what you're doing. You still have to orient them on your business. You still have to give them things that, it's not just like, oh, go to social media marketing for me. Yeah, right. And not, wash your hands and done, right? It's not right. like that. That it will not work. So it, uh, you had mentioned that there's a uh, a cultural distinction with the Philippines in it and it sounds like it's this loyalty part uh and trust compared to other countries you worked with uh for virtual assistants. Is that right? So the loyalty is a big big deal especially for a small business owner. Like you hear about, oh, turnover will cost you two times that annual salary, right? Well, I, fine, the two times the annual salary, whatever. But it's the time issue. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to recruit someone. I'm going to do my best recruiting so that I don't have to recruit again. Yeah. Right? And for a small business owner, that's the big deal. Um, and so then, if you have someone and they're working for you, if you don't have to recruit again, because I have people that have worked for me since 2005, 2006, 2008, 2009, 2010, like it's, if you, if you treat them well, 
they're loyal. They like they. I okay. One time I had. Well, I told one of my people. This was. I've been very careful because I I've, I've been public about this, right? Okay. So like people know I love my virtual assistants, and they're talented and they're good. And so, uh, I friended them on Facebook once, and mm -hmm. immediately, like immediately, they all started getting job offers, right? Because people are like, oh. You must be John's virtual assistant. Hey, come work for me. I'll double your salary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Not one of them quit. Wow. And I unfriended them all because I, I just didn't want this going on. But then I was asking one of my people, I said, hey, I'm going to give you a customer-facing role here. And just be aware that you're going to start getting job offers from people. And just think about, like, I, you know, I treat you well and you've been working with me and you're, you'll have a long-term job here. And she said to me, oh, don't worry, sir. I get job offers every single day. I'm not leaving, right? So that's something that like people are always worried like, oh, they're going to jump ship the first better offer they have. They're not. That's, that's a other cultures issue. That's not a Philippines issue. Yeah. Um, and if you, and it sounds time, like if you set this up the right way, even if they got a strong offer, they're not going to do it, right? I mean, you do this the right way. You've got right. yourself long-term employees. That's right. Right. And so you add that to like, they're honest with foreign employers and obviously not everyone's honest, yeah, but right. you'll find pretty quickly how, if they're being honest with you, you'll know. Uh, they have computers and internet, internet access, which means they get to work from home. What the salary they want to make is the salary you pay them and there's nobody else taking a cut of it. Um, they're loyal. They're very hardworking. They're pleasing by nature. They speak American English, mm -hmm. which is such a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last thing is, not the last thing, but another big thing is they're not entrepreneurial. So they don't hmm. want to steal your business. They don't want to take your domain. They don't want to steal your idea. They, they, don't want to, they don't want to steal it, right? Like I hear people all the time are like, I hired these guys in India. And the first question they asked me was, well, what's your business model with this? I'm like, what? Yeah, like, That's completely irrelevant here. Exactly. Oh, we just want to know. No, you want to steal my business. Exactly. Right? And that's not, that's not, uh, that's not the thing, a thing in the Philippines. So there's all these cultural things that make this really, really good and different in the Philippines versus elsewhere. And, and these salaries are highly competitive. Like it's, it, it's not chump change to them, right? Right. So, I mean, you'll find out pretty quickly if like they'll thank you for the job. They're, it's, it's just different. It's different mm -hmm. than elsewhere. That's amazing. So, so as we wrap up here, John, and I appreciate this is, this has been great. What, what did we miss? Did we miss anything uh, that's important to cover that people need to know trying to move to a CEO? Uh, I mean, culture wise, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't talk about, like preventing a disappearing VA or the 13th month or stuff like that. Um, I mean, there's so much of that. The, the big thing is it. So the, the thing that really made a difference to me was it doesn't matter. I have to try this because mm -hmm. if I don't, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, and the potential downside to trying it is you lose a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. The potential upside is I've worked 17 hours a week since 2008. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I've made millions of dollars doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the, the, the risk reward ratio here is really out of skew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have to take a leap and try it. 
and it sounds like if you apply it the right way and you learn as you get one or you lose one, you got to get another one. If you refine your process, it, it, it pays dividends. Right. It does. Right. Uh, so what, what was that website uh, that uh, you said where you, you wrote down the process on hiring? Share that again. Uh, so, so that was one VAOA.com. Uh, I feel like, so many people are one virtual assistant away from changing everything, right? And so that's one VA way. The, the, other, the other option for people is uh, I just released a book where I wrote. Oh, okay. So the, that one goes through my full recruiting process in detail. The book covers the overview of this whole thing uh, and how I work, what I, what I do, how I make decisions and mm -hmm, the 13th month, like stuff like that, like the 13th month or how I manage or whatever, right? Um, that one, I bought a whole bunch of copies and I'm giving it away for free at outsourcinglever.com. Outsourcinglever.com. And for everybody yeah. listening or watching, we're, we're actually going to share those links wherever you're watching or listening to this. So if you didn't write it down, don't worry about it. So, yeah. um, uh, so it sounds like you got the book, which covers everything in depth. But then if somebody just wants the recruiting process, um, it's onevaway.com, right? Yeah, onevaway.com. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on. This is, this is great for me and uh, I'm positive. It's, it's great for anybody watching or listening. How can they find more about you other than those, uh, other those, other than those websites we mentioned? So how can they find more about me? I told you, I don't like Facebook. Yep. <laughs> and I don't really like there. social media at all. Is it but just... you okay. can find me on I, I, you can find me on Facebook. Really what, if you want, so I'm available through email. Hmm. And if people want me, you can use the support link at any of those. And if you contact, obviously it doesn't come to me. Yeah. But if you say, hey, this is a question for John, then they know immediately to send it to me and I will respond personally to you. So that's, that's really what, and it happens every day, so. And then uh, can you share with everybody too, the, uh, your website, because uh, I, I, I don't know if anybody officially got that, the, uh, uh, the Philippines website. What is that again? So the job board where you're going to find the people is onlinejobs.ph. Perfect. .ph for Philippines. Got it. Well, listen, man, I appreciate it. It was, uh, like I said, this is great. I appreciate you sharing everything with everybody. And, uh, um, and thanks for being on. Hey, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. No problem. And thanks everybody for tuning in to uh, this episode of the On Purpose Growth Podcast. Like I had mentioned, we're going to share all the links that uh, John talked about wherever you're either watching or listening to this. So um, check those out now and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. The following BLTV program is brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Please enjoy. Enjoy.